So uh, I'm so excited to be here with you. I really enjoy speaking. It's something I like to, I, I just like to talk, number one. But um, I feel like there's a lot of different ways that God's blessed me in my life. And I learn hard, the hard way. I always say, sometimes God like taps you on the shoulder and he tells you something. And some people are really good at listening. And I'm not. I'm like, um, I didn't hear you the 20, 20 times you said it, and so he has to take like a two by four across my face and teach me the hard way. And so I like to share my hard experiences sometimes so that some of you might learn the easy way. You don't have to learn the hard way. And if there's anything that we can know about life and that the way that we grow and learn is that there's wise ways to do things and there's foolish ways to do things. And um, even from birth all the way through, we have opportunities to learn what's wise and what's foolish. So um, I grew up in Michigan, worked at a camp ministry up there for a while, and then I had children. And when I had children, my husband's here from Kansas, um, he's uh, we decided we were going to move back because we wanted our kids to have a very traditional upbringing. And it's been great. We live in a tiny town of Elden, Kansas. I don't know if any of you are familiar with it. I'm actually the city council president. Like, I'm, I'm a big deal. Like, I'm an elected official. I got 34 votes at the last election. It was pretty awesome. I know, right? Um, but my kids enjoy, like, biking to school, and they play out in the neighborhood. I don't even see them until it's after dark. It's, it's really been great. Um, but one thing I've learned through that time, I was a stay-at-home mother when my children were little. I got to just dive into God's Word, and I got to do a lot of Bible studies and kind of find out who I was. I wrapped my identity up in everything that I did, and um, when I stopped doing things and I was just a mother, I, I didn't know who I was anymore. And so God used that time to really heal me and show me that a relationship with him was more important than anything else. And so one of the studies I did um, was in the book of Proverbs, and it was a hard study to swallow, and I'm going to share why as I talk today. But a lot of what we can learn from the book of Proverbs, it seems like a lot of like just random information, and we can pull wisdom from here and there. But there are some themes that are woven through the book. And so what I want to talk to you about today is foolish behavior versus wise behavior. Because in the book of Proverbs, God shows us if it's not wise, it's foolish. There's no in between. We like to make this big gray area and be like, well, it's not the best decision I could ever make, but it's not going to hurt me, so it's, it's okay. That's not true. If it's not wise, it's foolish. I want you to say that with me, okay? If it's not wise, it's foolish, okay? So when we think about wisdom and foolish, Obviously, you've probably all heard that wisdom is just applied knowledge. So the fact that you're at Sterling College and you're choosing to go through classes and learn something that will hopefully eventually change your life, not just give you a career, but change your life, that's applied knowledge. The things that you hear, the people that you're around, they're teaching you things. If you apply it, that's wisdom, okay? <clears throat> foolish behavior. The word foolish doesn't get used very much in the English language anymore. It peaked in the 1800s. And we like totally stopped using it in the 1900s. And I think it's because people don't like to label themselves as being foolish. It's just, it's not comfortable to say that was stupid. That was a foolish decision on my part. Um, it makes us feel less than. But the word foolish comes from the original Latin word uh, fallus, which means bellows, okay? You guys ever like play with a bellows at a fireplace or something? It's a windbag, right? So fools are people that just talk. 
and don't listen, okay? But we're going to look at three different types of fools before we look at what wise behavior is. So um, three types of fools listed in the book of Proverbs. The first one is, is uh, simple, and it is simple. A fool is a simple person, someone who doesn't know any better. They just, if they hear it, they believe it. So um, they just have a lack of judgment. They're silly or senseless. Proverbs 14, 15 says the simple believe everything. Just anything they hear, they're going to believe. Um, and I thought there's three different examples I can give you for someone that's simple. Well, number one, you probably all were the very first day you were on campus and you had no idea what you were. You're simple. You believe everything. You don't know right from wrong. It's just you're very impressionable. That's not a bad thing because simple people can be taught. When I was in first grade, I made a very foolish decision because I was simple. I just, I got off the phone with my mom earlier this week. I said, hey, mom, I'm going to share that story about uh, uh, me in first grade with the ice cream bar. And she said, I will never forget that, Sherry. And clearly I haven't either. So we had hot lunch at school. We only got hot lunch one day a week. So it was kind of a big deal, but it was hot dog day. And on hot dog day, you got hot dog and you got chips and you got an ice cream bar. Well, I ate my hot dog and I ate my cheap chips and I was not hungry for my ice cream bar. So I decided I wanted to save it for later. And because I was a first grader, I didn't recognize that ice cream melts. So I shoved it in my backpack and I took it home. And my mom got my backpack at home. She got all my paperwork out of the backpack. And when she reached in, she pulled it out. It was wet and dripping and messy and everywhere. And she said, Sherry, what's, what's going on here? And I said, oh, that's my ice cream bar. <laughs> like, just matter of fact, oh yeah, I was going to eat that later. I was going to save it for later. It never dawned on me that it would melt. And my poor daughter has inherited my simple genes <laughs> because uh, she's a fifth grader now, but I think just a year ago, she did almost the exact th same thing in our house. She left something out on the counter and I said, why is this ice cream out? And she said, oh, I want to save it for later. And I said, no, daughter, it doesn't work that way. Um, so we have to recognize that's simple. That's just, we don't know any better. Um, I want to show this next slide. This is another example of foolish behavior or being simple. This is a map of the United States. Uh, I recently found out there's a growing trend of Americans that believe Alaska is an island because of this map. Okay. So I really hope that when you got into Sterling, you knew what North America looked like and you realized that Alaska isn't there. It's, it's much further north and uh, attached to Canada. It's not an island. That is an example of simple, foolish behavior. The third example I want to give, which is really interesting to me, my pastor shared this story uh, just a couple of weeks ago, but in the 1850s, um, during surgery, people tended to die after surgery. Medical advances didn't happen much until, you know, the 20th century in the 1900s. But Joseph Lister, who they named Listerine after, he was a doctor and he started to recognize that people were dying. Most doctors called it ward fever, that if the air was bad in the operating room, you would die after surgery. Well, Joseph Lister recognized that it had nothing to do with bad air, but it had everything to do with sterilization practices because doctors didn't sterilize between surgeries and they didn't change their clothes and they didn't wash their hands. So he started, and people looked down on him for questioning that behavior, which is really funny. They said it took about 20 years for his practices to catch on of wearing clean clothes and washing his instruments between surgeries. 
That's simple behavior. We make an assumption. That's not healthy to do. So that's the first level of foolish behavior. That one's, it's, it's okay because we're teachable. Second level of foolish behavior. We're going to look at this billboard here. This is, oh, is there the billboard? There we go. I love this. I love this. Uh, this year, thousands of men will die from stubbornness. No, we won't, right? <laughs> that's my husband right there. Like, don't tell me what I'm going to die from. Um, <laughs> Stubbornness is the next level of foolish behavior. Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool, a stubborn fool, has no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinion. So a fool has no interest in understanding. So a stubborn fool is someone that doesn't care. They know what's true, but they're stubborn. They just don't care. They willfully ignore what's right, and it's all an issue of pride because my decision is better than what the truth says, okay? Um, when, we, when we look at stubborn people, I think it's really easy to see it. I'm, I'm stubborn. Uh, marriage has been a huge gift to me because I've learned to not be stubborn because my husband's more stubborn than me and I recognize that it's just easier um, to recognize when he's right and be okay with that. So, you know, God uses marriage to grow that stubbornness out of some of us. Um, uh, but sports, sports are a great example of stubborn behavior. Anybody just like a fanatic of a sports team? I still remember, uh, I love hockey, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm very stubborn when my team doesn't win, and I like to blame the officials because it's not the reason that they played bad, it's the officials' fault. Kind of like uh, I've been getting into football now that obviously we live in Kansas and the Kansas City Chiefs are awesome. Yes, thank you. Um, but... There was, was it two years ago they played the Patriots in the playoffs? And oh my word, that game felt rigged. It was terrible. And I was stubborn. I didn't want Tom Brady to win that game. It was the ref's fault. It was the league's fault. They wanted the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's all there was to it. So that's stubborn behavior. It's easy to recognize when you're outside of it. When you're in it, you still feel that you're right because there's some level of pride there. Another example of stubborn behavior in 2020, which I'm sure all of you can relate to very easily, is politics, okay? You know how you feel. You know what you value. You know who you want to vote for. And unfortunately, when we engage in conversations with people that aren't like us, we don't actually engage in conversation to learn something. We engage in conversation to prove a point, right? So there's a lot of stubborn behavior in politics, and we even see it in the government level too. Um, people wi not willing to concede on anything because they're trying to prove a point. That's not really how we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be trying to work together here. So that's a stubborn fool. The third level of stubbornness is a scoffer. Okay, we don't use this word in the English language very much. So I did have to kind of look up some basic definitions for the word scoffer. And the first one that came up in my search was that it's someone who uses vulgar language. So when we look at something like this, um, I don't know how many of you have seen this face mask in public. I have. And I have to like try to make sure my kids don't see it. Because people out there think that it's okay 
to use that kind of language in public, right? Okay, now I'm, I'm not standing up here telling you you're not allowed to swear. I don't want you to walk out of this room going, Sherry told us that swearing's bad, okay? Sometimes swearing happens. It's another thing when you're doing it to just rub someone raw, right? It's another thing to prove a point. So scoffers don't only want to choose like stubbornness. They want to do their own thing. They want to drag everybody else down with them. They want you to be offended, right? They want you to be hurt. They will do what it takes to hurt you or change your attitude or whatever it may be because they're lonely where they are. So scoffers, Proverbs 24 verse 9. And this verse really hits home. I think it explains who a scoffer is. But it says, The devising of folly is sin, and the scoffer an abomination of mankind which is very strong language. There's like no gray area here. You can't pretend that foolish behavior doesn't exist. The devising of folly is sin. If you plan to be foolish, it's sin. This is the first level that we look at foolishness as being a sin, like God's labeling it. This is wrong. This is something that he does not want us to do. A scoffer is an abomination of mankind. That's really strong language, okay? We think about this... There's 10,000 adjectives in the English language, and we choose to use five to describe how we're feeling. That doesn't make much sense, does it? Okay. Uh, if you're ever on social media, people that get paid to be social media pundits that are like all out there for shock and awe, I don't know how many, do you, anybody like scroll, and by the time you're done scrolling, you're mad, just because there's like so many people out there saying stupid things. That happens to me. Those are scoffers. That's, that's not right conspiracy theorists, people that can't, that want to believe this piece of information over here as truth, but not only do they want to believe it, they want everybody else to believe it, and so they won't shut up about it. You guys have any conspiracy theorists in your life? I do like the meme that came out during COVID, and it said, check on your conspiracy theorist friends. They're very busy right now. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the world we live in. You live in a world full of foolishness. It is everywhere you go, you can't avoid it. And unfortunately, we wade through it so much we don't even recognize it anymore. And we are choosing foolish behavior, whether it's because you're being simple or you're being stubborn or you've just taken it all the way to scoffing and you're just sick, sick and tired of the life that you're living and you want to pull down other people with you. Now, when we study information like this and we look at foolish behavior, um, by the way, if you want to challenge, the book of Proverbs is only 31 chapters long. You could do a book a day and be done in a month. It's a really great read, so I would encourage you to try that. Um, but while you're doing that, it's, it's really easy to read all these great passages about foolish people and go, oh yeah, I know that person. That's my sister. You know, we're like, oh yeah, that's my best friend. They did that last week. And um, the, when I did this study on the book of Proverbs, every week the writer asked, how does it apply to you? Okay, and that kind of rubbed me wrong after two or three weeks because um, I was sick of God like peeling back these layers of ugly and these layers of foolishness, and to say, oh, I'm the fool, right? I'm the fool. I'm the one making poor choices. If it's not wise, it's foolish. That's me. And so I want to give us some ways that we can choose wisdom, because there is a verse in Proverbs that says, do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than him. 
And so when we, we choose to think that we're wise, we're already worse than the worst fool, okay? So we have to make that choice to recognize our foolishness and then move towards wisdom. So I'm gonna give us four areas of life that you can choose wisdom. So practical, so easy. So I hope you guys stay with me for just a few more minutes, but they're called RPMs. We actually use these at work to check in with each other just to make sure that we're, we're making good choices for ourselves. But RPMs, uh, say that back, RPMs. Very good. So now you graduated from this foolish uh, chapel. Perfect. Everybody gets an A. Good job. Um, RPMs, relationally, physically, mentally, spiritually. Four levels of your life that you can choose wisdom. So the first level is relationally. We are all in relationships. It doesn't matter how much you like people or don't like people. You are stuck in relationships for the rest of your life. God created us to be relational. And I think living in a COVID world, that kind of shows us all the more how important it is to be in relationships with people and to have that connection. Um, we can choose to love people. That is the number one way that you can be wise in your relationships. Stop making things about you. Life is not about you. It's about serving, right? It's about serving other people. It's about connecting with other people. It's about connecting with God. That's what life's about. So stop making it about you. Love somebody. Take, be patient. Wait to talk. Listen first. Ask a question, whatever it may be. Um, there's so much dysfunction in relationships. Even in a healthy family relationship, there's still a lot of dysfunction. And so we need to choose to be wise in our relationships. Colossians 3.14 says, Above all, love one another, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. I love that. The whole section talks about how we are to put on these qualities so that we can love and be united with other people. It's such a beautiful picture. And so we have to do that. You have to love other people. You have to... Take that effort, take that extra step and be wise in those relationships. The second letter was P, that's physical. We need to be physically wise. We need to take care of ourselves physically. Um, I'm gonna start with a verse and then I'm gonna talk a little bit about it. But 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20 says, you're not your own, you were bought at a price, so glorify God in your body. We need to not just... Uh, this verse comes from Paul writing and he's talking about your temple, your body being a temple for God. But I like the language they use in this translation that you're glorifying God through what you're doing. Like he's getting glory no matter what you're doing. So if you're exercising and you're eating right, you're giving glory to God because he created you in his image, okay? I was not, an, how many of you are athletes? I was not at, an athlete in college. My dad really wanted me to go play soccer and I was... I was done. I played soccer for four years in high school. Um, I was also like 35 pounds heavier in college than I am now. My husband likes to say that he always knew I had potential <laughs> when we first started dating because I was, I was, there's a little bit more of me to love. I did not take care of my body. I ate whatever I wanted. I didn't have good sleeping habits and I certainly did not go out and exercise. Um, now I find the beauty of exercise in staying healthy. I'm almost 40 and I'm probably in better shape now than I've ever been. I'm a triathlete and I've, I've been training for an Ironman actually for the last two years. Now I did think, I don't know where that falls though in this wise and foolish discussion. <laughs> like Ironman kind of feels foolish to me. It's a, it's, a, it's a big training schedule, but it's been going all right. Um, but you need to take care of yourself. You have to take care of yourself. No one else can do it for you. You know what would be the best way to make a wise choice physically for you, a college student? Get sleep, 
okay? Like five hours a night, four hours a night, it's not cutting it. It's not healthy. And even if you think you're okay, everybody around you does not think you're okay because you're grumpier when you're not getting sleep. So make that wise choice. Exercise. The things you're learning now about exercise on your sports teams, those are going to last with you forever. Okay, ladies, we lose muscle mass at age 30. Start doing some weights. You guys have a great weight room here, by the way. I'd go use that if I were you. Make wise choices physically. It's going to pay off for you in the long run. The third level that you can choose wisdom is mentally. Now, we're going to talk about three different things with mental health. Number one is mental health. You need to take care of yourself, okay? You need to make a wise choice. If you are not okay, go find someone to help you. That's all there is to it. I heard uh, Chris Hodges, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's a pastor in a very large church in Alabama. He said, if you are alone in your thoughts, you're in trouble. And that's me. I have dealt with depression probably for 17 years of my life. I've sought counselors at several occasions that have helped me get mentally healthy, and it was very important to me. And I am begging you, if you are anywhere close to that right now, where you are alone in your thoughts, and people don't know what you're going through, go talk to somebody. There are good people on this campus that care about you that would love to to talk with you on that. So please make sure that you're mentally healthy. The second thing with your mental health is your emotional state. We need to guard ourselves, people, okay? It's really easy to be bombarded with culture and it's not healthy. So take the effort to protect yourself emotionally. Proverbs 4.23, I have this on a plaque in my office. It says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the path of your life. Guard your heart. What you see, what you listen to, what you do, that is going to change your emotional state. Take care of yourself. Make a wise choice to be emotionally healthy. What you connect yourself to, it will affect you long-term. I mean, we think about all the sins that people struggle with in today's culture. That, it starts really easy, really small, and it escalates. So if you can make choices now to stay emotionally healthy, it's going to go a long way. And then um, the last thing with mental, which I kind of got into a discussion, um, does this really fall under mental health or physical health? But it's your finances. And I think it falls under your mental health because when you are financially responsible and wise, there is emotional freedom. There's so much freedom when you are not stressing out and worrying and anxious over money. That's all there is to it. Now, all of you probably have encountered some level of debt already in your lives. That doesn't mean that I want, I'm saying you got to scrape by every penny and be, you know, like live like a hermit because you need to save all your money and be financially free. But you can live by a rule of thumb that if I don't have the money, I'm not going to spend the money. Okay. That's a very easy, wise choice that you can do any day of the week. Is it worth buying a $5 coffee when you can drink a coffee in your dorm room for... 10 cents or whatever it is. Things like that. Make good choices. Make good financial choices. It's going to give you mental freedom, okay? And then the fourth level of wisdom that we're going to talk about is your spiritual health, which is the most important way that you can choose wisdom, okay? There's one decision you can make today. If you walk out of here and you made that decision, is the best decision you will make in your whole life, and that's to trust Jesus as your Savior. I did that when I was 17 years old. Um, I felt like I knew God my whole life. I mean, I grew up in a Christian home, 
went to Christian school, went to church. It was a great experience. It really was. Um, I always knew who Jesus was, but I didn't live for Jesus. I mean, those are two very different things. And I felt like I was on this missions trip. And the only reason I went on the missions trip because it was Alaska. And I'm like, yeah, I want to go. I don't really care about serving God. That's how selfish I was when I went. And God grabbed me when I was there. And he said, if you're not living for me, your life is worth nothing. And that was true. And so I decided right then and there, I wanted to live for him for the rest of my life. And it has changed me inside and out. And I am so free and I am so happy because I made that decision. And so I want you, if you're sitting in this room and you can can relate to that experience, I want you to think about, is it important to you to know Christ? Is it the wisest choice that you can make in your life? Because he will change you forever. Philippians 3, 8 says, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Don't leave here without considering that verse. Know Jesus. It is the wisest thing you can do. Okay? So in closing, I had this little card house up here. I don't know if you guys can see it. It's so little. I mean, this is a big room. Like in my mind, it was going to be this big card house. But uh, Paul and I worked together on this, and it took us about 12 minutes. <laughs> Cards are, card houses are hard to build, right? How hard are they to tear down? No. Oh, that was tough, right? Okay. That's life. You are building your house Every day, every decision, every wise choice that you make, you are building it. One foolish choice can knock it all down, which is kind of scary when you think about it. But Proverbs 14 verse 1 says, A wise person builds a home, but a fool tears it down with their own hands. The only person to blame for foolish behavior is yourself. So you have a choice. If it's not wise, it's foolish. Are you going to choose the wise behavior or are you going to choose the foolish behavior? Okay, I think and I know that you have it in you to choose the wise behavior. Build the house that you desire and that God is a part of so that you can enjoy this life that God's giving you, okay? I'll pray. Are, is the choir coming up while I'm praying? Okay. God, thank you so much for this time that we could be together, Lord, that we can open your word, that we can see that you give us an alternative to foolish behavior, Lord, and that we can be wise. I just pray for all of the students that are in this room. I pray that they will choose wise behavior, Lord. They're just those tiny baby steps that we take every day. Allow us to be wise. Um, Allow us to avoid uh, the negative consequences that we may have when we make foolish choices, Lord. And please allow us to cling to you during that process. We love you and we praise you. In your name we pray, amen.